this is totally not Danzig, and you're listening to the Shred Shack. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. Welcoming you to episode 111 of the Shred Shack Podcast, your premier source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. Airing bi-weekly on iTunes, Mixcloud, Google Play, as well as YouTube on youtube.com slash the Shred Shack and youtube.com slash Templum. Let's get started with some old boysness. Business. Old business is old business, and new business is new business. I don't think we have any old business. Not today. All right, new business. And this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until next quarter. Now, with new business, we start off by talking about new album releases that we've been listening to. Uh, I have none, just because I haven't been paying attention to new album releases. Um, so, what do you got? I have Pelican, Nighttime Stories. Now, Pelican is an instrumental band, but not my typical instrumental band. My typical instrumental band being the noodling kind, that kind of just plays a lot of notes in a short amount of time. However, this band is more riff-oriented. So, let's just say, if Tony Omi decided to release an entire album of riffs, it might sound something like this. Um, very heavy, um, sometimes melodic, but definitely very much based on groove and heavy. Um, it's actually just a lot of fun to listen to. It's like a really good, catchy, catchy riffs and stuff like that. I highly recommend it. I think I've been following these guys for a couple of years now. Yeah, I was going to say, this is definitely not the first time I've heard the name. Yeah, I, I think I, I definitely got into them probably before we even started the podcast, I want to say, possibly. Possibly. If not, right around this time. Right around that time, I mean. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, I highly recommend it for guys who are... This is, I think they're considered post-metal, I guess. That's what I've, I've heard them refer to as. But it's just really good music. You're not going to get vocals, like I said. Just really good music. So check that shit out. Okay. Uh, what else have we been listening to in the last two weeks? Alright, so I've been going back and re-listening to some new releases from 2019 because I finally updated my iPod for the first time this year. Since <laughs> forever. Um, some of the future S5 bands have been going through the Shred Shack email and my Instagram accounts and just kind of getting a, a good list of uh, bands to feature on the next couple of S5s. i got a couple of episodes worth of uh, bands coming up. Okay. And of course... Albums of the day. We got Vulgar Display of Power from Pantera. Alright. The Blackening from Machine Head. Deep Shadows and Brilliant Highlights from Him. Yeah. Empath you. by uh, Devin Townsend, of course. Of course. Of course. On Townsend Tuesday, we listened to Devin. Anyway, um, Baroness Purple, because I'm getting hyped up for their new album, which comes out today. Uh, should be delivered to my apartment sometime this today. And uh, Centuries of Decay, self-titled album. Right on. Um, I had a uh, Dead Soul Trap kick. 
um, during totally legit during the first few days of the two weeks. Um, not any particular album uh, of their five albums. I listened to a handful of songs from each. Um, I fucking love Digital Tribe. Um, I really wish that um, Devin Graves would do more with it. Um, he hasn't done anything with the project since I think 2007. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Damn. He's 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 one who uh, is he's a l um, little slow with with the uh, the output, but what he does do is quite awesome. Is Last he the uh, the main songwriter? Yeah. Of the band. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure even like the original album was him and like he locked himself inside his bedroom for six months and just recorded the, the first album. Oh, so he does everything. Yeah, well, that was the first album. Vir I think, virtually, okay, gotcha. Uh, I think for the rest, of the rest of it, he had a full band. Gotcha. Um, but the last thing he did was a Shadow Theory album, um, which was, I think, to like 2011 or 12. Um, I'm not sure what he's been up to since then, but I need something new from the man because... Uh, I love his output. Um, cats, no fighting in the war room. Jesus. Um, a lot of radio. Um, I've been having a newfound respect for um, the playlist for uh, from Kiss FM. Really? Yes. That's interesting. It um, has been the same since 1994. I will say that their their playlist is still dated, but what they play, what they've been playing, has been impressive. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. Like, um, I heard a random Earshot song I wasn't expecting. That is some random shit. Not shows. Falling by Mudvayne they played. What? I know. Like, what? I I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, so it's like, it's still what? it's still dated. Here's a question though: What time of day was this? This is midday. Midday. Mudvayne. Mudvayne. Not falling. Not falling. Wow. Yeah. So so it's still dated. It's still it's still from you know fifteen twenty years ago. Um, but. It's still it, it's starting to impress me. You know what's unfortunate, and I don't think we talked about this, uh, but our annual River City Rock Fest got canceled. Got canceled this year because yes. they couldn't book anybody. Everyone else is busy doing, or the big name acts are busy doing like European festivals and stuff like that for the time frame that we're they were trying to book people. So they postponed it until 2020, mm -hmm. which is a shame. I mean, I, I mean, it's a it's. A good, good enough reason to cancel instead of trying to, to like book anybody to play the show and, and yeah. disappointing the fans. Yeah, you know, and Booking probably Def Leppard. Yeah, and just getting like disappointing ticket sales to save face, cancel the show, get better acts for next year. I think it's it's definitely the way to go. Yeah, because the last I heard, they were really trying to get some some good names. I mean, they already had they had Ginger lined up. Uh, I mean, obviously that would have been like a secondary act. Yeah, but I mean. That's definitely a little bit more outside the box than they have gone in the past. So it might be something like they were trying to get something really, really big. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I think they were aiming high, and unfortunately, 
I mean, Ooh. especially with like a band like Slipknot releasing a new album this year, yeah, or like even Killswitch Engage is supposed to be releasing an album later this year, probably around the same time they were the event was supposed to happen. So probably if they try to book a band or two or three like that, you know, it was also supposed to be the first time it was supposed to be two days, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, they they tried, flew a little, flew a little too close to the sun. But at least they didn't book the show and then, like, you know, again, lackluster ticket sales and then ultimately would have just led to probably the cancellation, the of, cancellation the of the show festival. as a whole. Yeah. So, take the good with the bad. Yeah. Um, so let's go on to, inform- let's uh, call it information. Information. Uh, and we're going to start with, unfortunately, obituaries. Yes. Andrea Matos, or Matos. Um, he was a former lead singer of the Brazilian metal band Angra and Viper. Uh, he passed away at the age of 47. His death was confirmed by his ex-Angra drummer, Ricardo Confessor- Confessori, uh, who also played with Matos in Shaman. Uh, Ricardo wrote on his Facebook page, It is with deep pain in our hearts that we say goodbye to Andrea once again, this time definitely. Uh, Andrea performed last um, uh, previous Sunday, well, from when this was uh, written, uh, June 2nd, at the Espeso das Americas in Sao Paulo with Shaman, and also made a guest appearance with the show's headliners, Avantasia. A couple days later, it was updated uh, by on his actual Facebook page. He uh, passed away of a heart attack on Saturday, June 8th. Uh, because Andrea was a extremely reserved person who made it clear while he was alive that he did not want his family to have a wake for him. The 47-year-old will be cremated or was cremated in the presence only of relatives. Uh, this is according to his Facebook page. Yeah, I read that and I like, was like, damn, 47. Great singer. Uh, I, I remember first hearing him from the, the Avantasia album and I was like, fuck yeah, this guy's voice is awesome. Because he sounded like Dio. Ah. Like, I thought it was Dio at first. But... Probably, if, you know what? Listening to, like, some of the anger stuff that I have, I probably would have made the same as- yeah. assumption. I'm unfortunately not as familiar as I should be with Angra. Um, they're on my list, my Dubai list. But... Yeah, I have a bunch of their stuff burnt. Um, and then it's in my in my collection now. Probably because of you, actually, because all the CDs have your handwriting on it. Really? Yes. Hmm. Yes. This is probably the, before the days of our external hard drives, because it's uh, in my uh, collection uh, of burnt CDs I have. I was gonna say I, I I don't have I don't have anything on my computer, so I must have burned them to CD and then that was it. Huh? If you want them, come through. No, I'm I'm. <laughs> I will I will purchase them shortly. But they seem to be prolific enough. There's a, there's a, several albums in there. Oh yeah, I think the last album it was uh, a few years ago, but otherwise they they have a, a bunch of albums. Yeah. So, but um, I need to work on that. Let's move on to general news. All right. Five Finger Death Punch has confirmed that Charlie, the engine engine, that's fucking great, 
is laying down the drum tracks for the band's eighth album, due later in the year. Uh, he made his live debut with Fire Figure Death Punch during the band's fall 2018 tour with Breaking Benjamin. He stepped in for Fire Figure Death Punch original drummer Jeremy Spencer, who left the band in December. Who we later found out this week is now a reserve cop somewhere. Yes, I, I heard about that. It's kind of like um, Matt Barlow working for Homeland Security. Mm-hmm. Melvins have been forced to cancel the previously announced European tour, which was scheduled to kick off on June 15th in Bristol, England. Drummer Dale Crover broke the news of the cancellation in a Facebook post. He wrote, Dear friends, I regret to inform you that I have to cancel our upcoming European tour. I've been dealing with a back-related injury, and I'm unable to perform at this time. That sucks. Yes, it does. I do think it's kind of cool that the band will would cancel a whole tour just uh, for their for their drummer. You know, you see hear about bands usually getting like a filling guy for you know for a tour or something like that, mm-hmm. and they're just like, nah, fuck that, we're not playing without them. Maybe they they couldn't find anybody, or like like you were. You know, I think my partner wasn't available. <laughs> I can play that. <laughs> Uh, it might be a little toned down for him, but uh <laughs> it'd be like that that uh that one of those videos is like um he's in the wrong band and like it's it's like the guy at the wedding video who's just whacking yeah. away. It's like Mike, uh I don't think we need three kick drums. But 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 the entire stage the entire stage is taken up by his drum kit and like he's the rest of the band is kind of like off to the side. <laughs> we work around, Mike. All right, a new Rush film, Cinema Strangiato, and an, an annual exercise in fan indulgence, will get a one-night-only cinematic screening on August 21st. The film, which takes viewers behind the scenes of Rush's 2015 R40 40th anniversary tour, will feature song performances, unreleased soundcheck, and backstage footage, uh, footage and new interviews with producer Nick Raskulinses. Okay. And Rush fans Tom Morello, Billy Corgan, Taylor Hawkins, violinist Jonathan Dinklage, and more. I gotta say, I love the name of the the uh, film. Cinema Strangiato? Well, no. An, an annual exercise in oh. fan indulgence. Oh. I, f- I fucking love that. Yeah. It's it's just so. Rush is a band that's very very self aware. It, it's it's so, it's, it's so tongue in cheek. It's great. <laughs> yeah, they they're very self aware not only of themselves but of everything around them. <laughs> <laughs> Next one's gonna be called "Here You Go, You Fucks." <laughs> I don't I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, their documentary "Beyond the Lighted Stage." Uh, no, I, I, I know it's on Netflix, and you've mentioned it before. I was watching it one day when you were going to work, too. Yeah. It's it's so fucking good. Yeah. It's so good. I happen to really like the, the style and the way that um, Sam Dunn, who's the, who does these docu- who did that documentary, does his stuff. I mean, he's the one who did, he did um, Global Metal. He did Metal Headbanger's Journey. He did Metal Evolution series on VH1 before. Uh, he's just very, very good, mm-hmm. uh, but and very, very like 
um, authentic and genuine yeah. in presenting these stories. All right, last but not least here for gen- uh, general news is Weimer or Weimer Publishing. Weimer uh, has set a September 12th release date for Richie Blackmore, A Life in Vision, which is a limited edition deluxe photo book. Limited to 1,000 copies, the book will only be available directly from the publishing website. If you order now, your name will be included on a dedicated fan page. This new deluxe book, uh, compiled by Blackmore photographer Jerry Bloom, is a perfect companion to his 2006 biography, Black Knight, as betrays Blackmore's career with photos and memorabilia from 1958 to the present day. Fucking 58. Yo. I guess that's pre pre band. Yeah, and stuff. If there's a they, they mentioned like further on in the article about like his early career before Deep Purple. And there's a lot of stuff. I'm like, wow, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm just you know vibe like like he was. I think he was uh, like a, a band member for like some famous singer. I can't remember who it was yeah. off the top of my head. I'm sure somebody does, yeah. but there's a lot of stuff. I was like, wow, that's that's. I had no idea he was a part of that. Oh, it makes me think of like 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 Dio. Dio was part of bands since since the mid fifties. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Uh, so let's go on to the crime blotter. All right. According to the TMZ, Amen, Amen. This band that's been around or was yeah. around a while back. Yeah. Uh, their frontman Casey Chaos has been arrested for allegedly assaulting a woman in his Los Angeles home. The singer got into an argument with a woman early Tuesday morning. This is, I believe, this week. And the dispute eventually turned violent. Police were called, and when they showed up, they found the woman with a bloody face. The alleged victim refused medical aid on the scene. Casey, whose real name is uh, Karim Chimlinski, wow, was arrested and booked for felony domestic violence. However, TMZ reports that Casey told cops the woman is not his girlfriend, and he was adamant they weren't in, in any romantic relationship. The 53-year-old mu- uh, musician was released on $50,000 bond. Okay, but... Okay. She's, it's not your girlfriend, it's not in a romantic relationship, but you still beat her. Yeah. So... That's, that, that defense doesn't really hold water. Yeah, no, like, one, really, no one really gives a shit what, what what relation they have to you. It's still that you beat them, you idiot. Yeah. Uh, one piece of crime blotter news that I did not get to. Uh, apparently, uh, Till from Ramstein was accused of assaulting a gentleman at a German bar recently. Really? Yeah. I have no details... Because, again, I, I just saw it scrolling by. And I didn't get a chance to copy and paste it to our script. Gotcha. I thought you were going to tell me worse. Cause, no! Cause considering Ramstein and, and, and some of their exploits. No, no, yeah, no. I thought no, you were no. going to tell me worse. No, it's probably probably someone running their mouth off and, you know, drunk and, and getting smacked in the face or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. All right, so let's go on to Metallica breaking shit. All right, this is from June 7th, so last week. I'm sure it'll come again in the news this week, but Metallica has topped Polestar's Live 75 chart for a fourth consecutive consecutive week. What's, that was last week. What's Polestar's Live 75? I'm, I'm not really 100% sure, but I believe it's just uh, probably the top-selling 
live tours going on right now because they mentioned um, their last couple gigs and they've been averaging about $5 million a pop, selling so many X amount of tickets, yada, yada, yada. Mm. But speaking of Metallica, they just recently played Ireland, uh, first time in a decade, I believe it was. Yeah. 75,000 people showed up to this castle to, for, to, to see them play. Yeah. And of course, because they were in Ireland and paying tribute to Phil Linnett, uh, they played Whiskey in a Jar. Of course. Which I would love to have seen live. That would have that been good. Um, let's go on to my favorite section. F-f-f-feudin. I hate you. I know. According to the Associated Press, a federal appeals court agreed Monday, June 10th, to give Led Zeppelin a new hearing to defend a jury's favorable verdict in a suit that claimed the opening lines of Stairway to Heaven had been plagiarized from the 1968 instrumental song Taurus. Last September, a federal appeals court decided unanimously to overturn a jury's decision that Led Zeppelin's 1971 classic was not a ripoff of Spirit's song. So, all right, so a little backtracking here. They went to court. One jury decided that the song was not a ripoff. Then this last September, a federal appeals court decided unanimously that it was a ripoff or returning that previous decision. Mm-hmm. They are now granted a new hearing to appeal again. Can we just stop? Like, can we just get over it? It's... I guess not. Like, guys... This, both songs are ridiculously old. Yeah, I think the only problem I have with this is that this lawsuit didn't come until 40 years later. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's got to be some kind of statute of limitation for these sort of things. Yeah. There really has to be. They'd be like, yo, listen, you've been listening to the same song for 40 years, and just now you're coming forward? Now? Yeah. Really? No, I, I I think there really has to be some sort of statute of limitation for these yeah, sorts of things. It's the, stupid. It's just it's just annoying. Um, Alcoholica. Alcoholica. So Metallica, the namesake for this little section of mine, has welcomed Rob Dietrich as a new master distiller of the band's recently launched brand of whiskey. He is a veteran in the spirits and music industry, and he will oversee the sourcing, blending, and cask finishing of barrels for each batch of blackened American whiskey. Dietrich joins the blackened team following the tragic passing of his predecessor, Dave Pickerell, uh, who died suddenly last November in San Francisco, where he was scheduled to take part in the annual Whiskey Fest event. Right on. All right, you ready for some uh, merchandising? Merchandising. Now this, I, I see, I see merchandising, and then I see in big letters, "Kiss." Well, <laughs> this is a this is the best part about this is that this is a, this is merchandising about merchandising. So check this out. Okay. The complete and authorized story of the '70s and '80s Kiss merchandising craze that swept America is the focus of a massive new coffee table photo book titled The Hottest Band in the Land, or Hottest Brand in the Land. So apparently this is just a photo book of all... Of all the the cool shit you can get. Of all the cool shit you could have gotten in the 70s and 80s. 
that's just that's just madness. So it's a it's a piece of merchandise about merchandise. It's a fucking catalog. <laughs> that's what it is. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. This is the Sears catalog of coffee books, right? Here. <laughs> yeah, like it's gonna become like the, the the way that people tell how much how much kiss shit they have. Yeah, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of like there's a lot of private collection stuff here in this book so yeah, yeah it's probably ridiculous oh it's ridiculous that's, that's madness so re- before we get into actual new recording news a yeah. little bit of uh, a little bit of thing I read here on I didn't read the whole article again I just saw the, the blip of my scrolling and I didn't get a chance to copy and paste it uh, but yeah. there was a massive fire somewhere I think it was in Universal Recordings or something like that a couple of years ago, and they just I guess com- com- completed the investigation. Uh huh. And apparently, things that got lost in this fire included master master recordings by bands like Nirvana, uh-huh. Nine Inch Nails, and more. So like Nevermind, the master recordings of Nevermind are gone forever. Uh huh. So I mean that sucks. Yeah. Quick thing, um, unrelated. Well, uh, technically unrelated to that. Um, when we were house hunting, one of the houses that we were uh, that we we had been looking at actually had a built-in studio. No shit. It was it was owned by somebody who does stuff. Did it come with the house? Uh, yeah. Yeah, like wow. they, they they turned they turned their garage partially into a studio. That's pretty badass. But the guy had um, stuff on his walls that were like um, band related, like uh-huh. the kind of things that you get when bands hit certain points, like milestones. Yeah, yeah, and like one of the things up there was like uh, for the the Nine Inch Nails Broken EP, and I was like. Fucking steal everything in this man's house so bad. <laughs> I want to steal all your shit and run. <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I, I really, uh, I, I, I wanted that that place. Like there were so many elements to that place that I wanted. Steal all that shit. <laughs> all that shit. All that shit. All right. So let's go on to recording news. According news, The Agonist will release its new album, Orphans, on September 20th via Rodeo Star Records. Right and on. I listened to the, the new track that they posted with the with the article, and I actually really, really liked it. I, like, I don't think I've given them enough chance with their new singer after Alyssa left. Yeah. Uh, but I really did dig the new track. It's heavy as shit. And I, uh, I remember... I think one of the tracks that I listened to when they first got the new singer Vicky, that she was mostly just singing, so she didn't have like the, the growling that you associate with um, the agonist. Yeah, but she has that now in the new song. It's actually really, really good. Cool. So I, I probably will end up picking this one up. Cool. Stone Temple Pilots will release Purple Super Deluxe Edition, Double Secret Probation Edition on September thirteenth. For $64.98. That is a... Very specific amount of money. That is a deluxe edition, then. Yes, it's three CDs and one LP, 
It includes a, a newly remastered version of the original studio album on both CD and vinyl, plus unreleased versions of album tracks and rarities, along with an unreleased full concert recording from 1994. On the same day, the music will be made available both digitally and as a two-CD deluxe edition. Not a super deluxe edition, just a deluxe edition. The previously unreleased acoustic version of Big Empty is now available digitally. So it's no longer 12 Gracious Melodies. No. No. <laughs> it's going to be like like 36 some odd Gracious Melodies. Yep. Alright, Clutch will release a collection of newly recorded songs, Weathermaker Vault Series, this summer. The effort will include the band's cover of the Willie Dixon 1950s classic Evil, which was later recorded by Cactus. Right on. Seven Dust guitarist Clint Lowry will enter the studio this weekend to begin recording his first solo album. How on the disc will be Michael Elvis Beschetti, who has previously worked with Seven Dust, Alter Bridge, and Slash, among others. A late 2019 release via Rise Records is expected. I'm actually... I, I, I'd be down for that. I love... Clint Lowry, his voice. I love his guitar playing in Seven Dust. I love his side projects. Uh, there, I think it was one was Call Me No One. That's the one he did with Rose, and then uh, Dark New Day, which he did with, I think with his brother. Mm-hmm. And all of those are really all of his work is really good. And I think, if I remember correctly, this is going to be more uh, acoustic based. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think it probably end up being really good. Cool. So. Right on. Flying Colors, which is the prog pop supergroup featuring guitarist Steve Morris from Deep Purple, could uh, keyboardist Neil Morris from the Neil Morris Band, Transatlantic, and ex Spock's Beard, bassist Dave Larue of Dixie Dregs, Mike Portnoy, who can play that. I'm trying to see if I can find the clip. But I... Well, just so you know, he plays in Sons of Apollo. The Winery Dogs. He was also in uh, Avengers Sevenfold for a hot second. Oh, and this little band called Dream Theater. Oh, and Adrenaline Mob. Adrenaline Mob. I can play that. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. been everywhere. He's been he's been a, he's been a little bit of everything. Uh, and vocalist Casey McPherson, who's an Alpha Rev, will release its third album, Third Degree, in September via Mascot Records. Right on. I, I really want to check them out because the, I've been seeing. I think I have their live record mm. that I. That we got from Skateboard. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Right. So I definitely want to check them out. Okay. Speaking of Sons of Apollo. Uh, they will release live with the Plovdiv? Plovdiv? Psychotic Symphony on August 30th. It documents the band's remarkable one-off performance at the Ancient Roman Theater in Bulgaria, alongside a full orchestra and choir playing tracks from his debut album, Psychotic Symphony, as well as a selection of tracks by legendary bands. It will be available as a limited edition, uh, a limited deluxe 3D DVD Blu-ray art book special edition. Okay, let me start again. It will be available as a limited deluxe 3 CD, DVD, and Blu-ray art book, special edition 3-CD and DVD digipack, and a standalone Blu-ray and digital album. Sounds like a lot. Yeah, it does. It does. Whoa. Right on. This is a band I want to check out, too, because the the people in it are just incredible. I mean, it's Mike Portnoy, Mm because he can play that. Yeah. Derek Sherinian, Bumblefoot. 
Billy Sheehan on bass, and um, Jeff Scott Soto. Yeah. So that's definitely a band I want to check out. That's 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 a pedigree, right? There. Yeah. That's a super group to uh, to pretty much definition super group. All right, Apocalyptica has completed work on the long-awaited follow-up to its 2015 album Shadowmaker. The Finnish cello rockers recorded the new all-instrumental disc over a three-month period at Sonic Pump Studios in Helsinki. Right on. This will be one of their, probably their first instrumental album in a long time, actually. Really? Last three records have all featured guest vocalists. Yeah. So this is going to be an all-instrumental album, and they say it's been inspired by their current uh, anniversary tour of uh, Apocalyptica Metallica played by four cellos. Gotcha. All right, Finnish heavy metal monsters, Lordy, will release their new DVD, Record Dead Live. Um, Sextorcism in Z7. Okay. It'll be on DVD, vinyl, and digipack on July 26th via AFM Records. I've seen them live, and they are they are quite good live. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they're better when they have a bigger stage, because I saw them at Fitzgerald's, which is, right. you know, it's yes. a little a bit of a small stage for them. I'm sure they have a much more elaborate stage set when they're playing big shows overseas and whatnot, uh, which is, I'm sure, is where this was recorded. Yeah, I don't remember where it was recorded. They, they go on and on and on. It, it was probably, like... Europeans. They, yeah, it was probably their homeland or something like that. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. And last but not least here, Alter Bridge will release its sixth studio album, Walk the Sky, on October 18th via Napalm Records. Right on. There it is. All right, so we have nothing for the good that men do. Unfortunately, we do not. Um, I don't have anything for the crowdfunding tracker right now. Yeah, I still have just the one from the obituaries basis, I believe, his his daughter who passed away. Yeah. But that's well past its its goals. It's at it was the goal was thirty thousand dollars. Is at thirty one thousand five hundred eighty five dollars. So I think we can kind of close the books on that one. Right on. Um, so let's talk about concert news, and first thing up is festivals. All right, Guns N' Roses, Post Malone, and Beck will headline the 21st edition of Voodoo Music and Arts Experience, taking place October 25th to the 27th, 2019 at City Park in New Orleans, Louisiana. That is definitely a mixed-up lineup. You know, considering... Um the the thing with like I, when when Guns N' Roses announced the Not in This Lifetime tour and we had so much to say about it, I like I kind of now regret not seeing the show. I'm almost there. Yeah, I'm kinda. almost there because I'm also very much a very very high proponent of Murphy's Law. Is like the one time I go to see Guns N' Roses, that's when they'll fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's 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 the thing. Like, like I, I kind of, I'm kind of wishing now I, I had, you know, bit the bullet and taken the chance and gone to see. Well, them. you have plenty of other opportunities. They're playing ACL this year, mm-hmm. um, 
and they're supposed to be recording new music. So yeah, that's that's something I mean, exciting. There, um, there's 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 definitely a possibility that this might not end anytime soon. Because I was I was listening. I'm one of the few fans of Chinese democracy, uh-huh. and I, I was listening to some of it earlier this week. Um, so I'm excited to hear what they're going to sound like because it's not going to like obviously there were so many different factors at play in Chinese democracy like considering how many p- different people played right. the fucking album yeah um but we're talking about our core Guns of Roses and like Slash hasn't really changed his style for a while really yeah, I mean, so he's, I mean he's Slash's Snake Pit and um the one he does with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators and the Pops and the Pips, yeah, and, you know, uh, it's still it's still a hard, heavy, blues-oriented rock. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be interesting to hear what they're gonna come with because they they say that like, Axl Rose has a lot of stuff prepared, and so I'm wondering are they gonna go with what he's got prepared? Uh, how much how much influence is he going to have over what's going to come out of all this? Yeah. Or is the band going to break up while trying to record this thing again? Pro- probably. <laughs> I, I, can, I can see that happening. Yes. So. All right. Ship rocked. Set sail for an 11th year, February 1st through the February 6th, 2020, on board Carnival Valor, or Valor, with a sensational music lineup led by Hailstorm and Alterbridge departing from New Orleans with stops in Key West and Cozumel, the ultimate rock muse, music cruise vacation features performances from over two dozen music artists, including Shiprock debut of Asking Alexandria, plus Beartooth of Mice and Men, Blackstone Cherry, Bad Flower, and many more. Cool. Yeah. I would really be. It'd be really interesting to go on one of these like heavy metal cruises. Yeah, like I, I've never been on a cruise in general. Me neither. So, so a cruise of that kind would be definitely up my alley. Yeah. All right. Last bit of festival news here. Los Rages makes its highly anticipated return to the downtown Las Vegas Events Center on February, uh, October eighth, Friday. October 18th, and Saturday, October 19th. Music fans from all over the world will journey to Las Vegas to see huge acts perform on two intimate stages. Created by Live Nation, Las Vegas will feature performances from Rob Zombie, Bring Me to the, R- the Horizon, Chevelle, The Used, and more on the FNU stages, along with brand new on-site experiences for 2019. Why the FNU stages? <laughs> I don't know why the F and U stages. <laughs> why, why, why did Jeff Tate release one album under his under uh, Queensryche name as Frequency Unknown? F- why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's go on to some touring news. Crocus will extend its last ever tour to include dates in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. Right on. Revocation has announced another North American run for the fall, this time co-headlining with Voivod. Wow. The special tour will also see Revocation play its latest album, The Outer Ones, in its entirety. Uh, Psychroptic? Yeah. 
Skeletal Remains and Conjurer will join as additional support. Right on. Municipal Waste will team up with Napalm Death for a co-headlining U.S. tour. The 17-date trek will kick off in Dallas on October 3rd and visit New York, Chicago, and Denver before ending on October 23rd in Los Angeles. Open the night are Sick of It All and Take Offense. I'd see that. That, that would probably be a really badass show. Yeah. Really badass show. Yeah. Sebastian Bach will celebrate the 30th anniversary of Skid Row's acclaimed self-debut, self-titled debut album with a U.S. tour where he will perform the record in its entirety plus other songs from his celebrated catalog. The tour will kick off in Nashville, Tennessee, copy and paste on August 30th <laughs> totally and will did. end in Pinellas Falls, uh, Pinellas Park, Florida on November 2nd. There is a San Antonio date on October 23rd at the Aztec. Man, you copy and paste that shit. You better believe it. <laughs> of course I did. All this stuff's copy and paste. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> celebrated catalog. It's celebrated catalog. <laughs> Man. Fucking hashtag. Hashtag dick slurp. <laughs> no San Antonio date yet. Alice Cooper has announced his fall 2019 tour plans. He will embark on a spat of an evening with headline tour dates this November, beginning November 3rd in Florida. Additional dates will be announced shortly. If if one comes here or near here, I would go see that just because it's I need... It's an evening with. Yeah, it's an evening with, and I have yet to see Alice Cooper headline a show. I have always seen him open for somebody. I've seen him for like three times, huh. and he's always open for somebody. Wow. So Well, that's because it's past his bedtime. <laughs> he's an old man. I mean, the show's going to be like 3 in the afternoon. <laughs> he's got to wake up for call. <laughs> he gets tired during the day. All right, Jeff Tate has confirmed that he will celebrate the 30th anniversary of the band's landmark Empire album. And that's his other band, Queensryche, that band he was in. Anyway, that band's landmark Empire album on a special tour next year. Speaking to MisplacedStraws.com, he is quoted as saying, I am planning on touring in 2020 very heavily, sort of doing kind of what I did with the Operation Minecraft 30th year anniversary, going to as many countries as I can and playing the album in its entirety, which I've never done before. He says it'll be really fun. In fact, there he thinks there are some songs on that album that he's never, ever played live before, so it'll be really good for him and the fans. I would totally see that. Um, well, the last experience we had seeing Operation Mindcrime live was fantastic, so yeah. fuck yeah. Well, Operation Mindcrime in and of itself, like you knew that him playing that, al- that album was going to be great. Um, but there are some songs... Um, from Empire that I would love to hear live. Um, anybody listening would be one of them. Like, to, to close out the show or to close out a segment of the show would be phenomenal. Yeah. So, um, if... I mean, since since there's probably no other way they would pull that out, um, this is probably the best way. Um... So I'd totally go see that. Hell yeah. We'll be looking for tour dates coming soon, hopefully. Oh, if they're, if he's going to tour as much as he says, then I hope he comes around here. 
All right, Demon Hunter will perform more than 20 songs each night at a series of special shows this summer. An Evening with Demon Hunter is an epic mixture of fan-favorite anthems and deep cuts that have never been performed live. Both electric and acoustic presentations will feature songs that span the band's 10 studio albums, including their most recent War and Peace, which were released simultaneously earlier this year. Speaking of evenings with. Right. Yeah. Periphery has announced its first North American headline tour in support of his new album, Periphery 4, Hail Stan, kicking off a month of shows on September 9th. No San Antonio date. Not yet. Nice. Nah, I, I, I think for that specific run, they don't have any. God. But we will see. Alter Bridge will head out on a worldwide tour beginning in September. The Trek will launch in the United States before heading over to Europe to close out 2019. The European dates scheduled for November and December will feature support from Shinedown, Seven Dust, and The Raven Age. The North American dates will be announced in the near future. The band will also take part in the inaugural Exit 111 Festival in October and the sold-out 2020 Sailing of Ship Rocked, as we already mentioned. Right on. Helmet will celebrate its 30th anniversary by embarking on a tour of Europe and the U.S. this fall. The 30-city trek will see the band perform a 30-song set each night with no openers. So again, an evening with Helmet. Damn. A lot of bands doing evening with. Plus 30 fucking songs? That's got to be a long set. I didn't know they had that many songs. Neither did I. <laughs> Neither did I. Alright, let's go on to one-offs. One-offs. Soundgarden, live from the artist then, will be shown exclusively at IMAX theaters around the world at a special one-night-only event on July 1st. So here's a little backstory here. On February 17, 2013, Soundgarden concluded a sold-out U.S. winter tour in support of King Animal, their first studio album in over 16 years, with a special live from the artist then taping at the Wiltern in Los Angeles. Soundgarden mixed new songs with classic radio hits and rarities performed live for the first time in front of a rapturous crowd. (laughs) Rapturous. The concert has become the all-time most requested Soundgarden live show for an official release. The 29-song, nearly two-and-a-half-hour show encompasses the band's rich musical legacy spanning their early years with Hunted Down, through their monumental albums Bad Motorfinger and Super Unknown, respectively, with Outshined and Black Hole Sun. And to their final record with nearly every song from King Animal, including By Crooked Steps and Been Away Too Long. Live from the Artist Den features 21 songs never before released on a Soundgarden concert film, including 17, making their first appearance on a live album, and highlighted by Blind Dogs, which the band performed on stage for the first time ever at the Will Turn show. Damn. Yeah. That does sound like it should be... It sounds like something that should be released on DVD. For real. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Yeah. All right, last but not least here for one-offs, we have Megadeth. We'll celebrate the 25th anniversary of its platinum-certified 1994 album, Euthanasia. By playing the record in its entirety on October 31st at the Fillmore Auditorium in Denver, Colorado. Oh, man. That's got to be a show. Yeah. 
That's the album that got me into Megadeth. That's a great album. Yeah, that is. I remember my buddy gave me a tape of that cassette tape, dude, mm-hmm. of that record, and it was like it was like mind blowing. Yeah. Reckoning yeah. Day, Training Consequences. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. Great album. Yeah. Um, so let's go on to heavy metal in the charts. So we got a noteworthy point here. Dragon Forces, Through the Fire and Flames, were certified platinum by the RIAA on May 23rd for accumulating 1 million certified units. And remember, according to the RIAA, one equivalent song unit is equal to a single digital song sale or 150 on-demand audio and or video streams. So this does include YouTube. I, I we're learning now. I th- I thought they they well surpassed that. I thought we had the thing about them recently. Uh, this uh, I think maybe no, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, either Thanks way, that. either way, that's cool. Yep. Uh, so let's go on to top two hundred. What's the top five? Top five. Number one is a new album by someone named Thomas Rett or Rett Rett whatever. Uh, he's got an album called Center Point Road. Exactly. Um, number two is Billie Eilish. When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Number three is DJ Khalid. Khalid, whatever. Father of Ashad. Don't know anything. Yeah. Number four is Khalid. Just not DJ Khalid. What I don't fuck. That's gotta His be. album Free Spirit. And number five is a new EP from Miley Cyrus called She Is Coming. Side note here, apparently she was on a new episode of the show Black Mirror, mm-hmm. uh, where she plays a pop star, and I think the show features her doing a remake, a remake of Head, uh, Head Like a Hole by Nine Inch Nails, and I think the lyric is, I'm on a roll. So, yeah, there's that. I, Okay. Apparently, though, it's not it, for a pop song. It's not bad. So okay. Uh, so I, I I haven't listened to it. So maybe one day I'll check it out. One day. Maybe not. I've heard the show is, itself is good. The show itself. I've seen one episode, one of the new episodes, and I thought it was pretty good. Okay. I thought it was pretty good. Okay. All right. Here we go. Scrolling now. All right. Scrolling. Scrolling. Scrolling music. I need to find some scrolling. Okay, number 22 is the Bohemian Rhapsody soundtrack. Still very much up there in the top. Oh, it's going to be up there for a while. Very, very high up there. Still prominent. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, here we go. I need that. I need that intermission music from Offspring. I I prefer the intermission music from Monty Python, The Holy Grail. Oh, yeah, get on that. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, number fifty here is the Rocket Man soundtrack. Now, Rocket Man is the biopic of Elton John. Side note about that one: the director of Rocket Man, Dexter Fletcher was the one who signed on to finish Bohemian Rhapsody when Brian Singer was let go for being a douche. By the way, while you're scrolling, um, Lindsay and I watched uh, Kingsman Golden Circle. 
Oh, yeah, the second one, okay. Yeah. Um, and Elton John plays Elton John in that film. He is the highlight of that movie. Oh, well, that makes... I he, think... he drop kicks somebody. No! Yeah. What? It's, it's done. Like... See you in this movie. First of all, first of all... Wait, wait, wait. Just say this again, though. He he like Elton John El- Elton drop kicks a motherfucker. He he it does you know because you know how the action scenes go and they do the slow down stuff and uh-huh. everything. He jumps in the air and kicks this dude. It is so. Is good. it better than the Shaggy two dope drop kick on Frank Darius? <laughs> oh, it's, it's way better than that. <laughs> it, it actually connects. <laughs> but but there's there's a bit where. He he, because um, what ends up hap- what ends up happening uh, in the film is the um, the villain is hiding in some secret thing in Cambodia and ends up kidnapping Elton John to personally play for her, like whenever she wants, and he thinks he's being rescued so he's you know sitting there singing wednesday nights all right for fighting <laughs> obviously saturday nights all right for fighting is the song but he's like what fucking day is it <laughs> <laughs> he curses so much in that movie it's amazing oh my gosh i need to see this movie <laughs> but like he he's like what fucking day is it <laughs> <laughs> it's wednesday and he beats the shit out of this dude <laughs> and then beats up two other guys and like he's dressed up in this the full on like feathery regalia. Oh it's, no! It's, I, I got I gotta do it. I gotta see it. His his role in that film is like number one. I think I like, think it's makes, on demand on on one of the movie stations or or Netflix or something. So he, yeah, he he makes that movie, and he and Saturday Night It's All Right for Fighting um, is one of two. Uh, of the big fight scenes, Sweet. like how Freebird was the sh- the church scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like during the big fight scene, Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting is the song. That I'm makes like, so much sense. And the other one is uh, Word Up. It's a it's a remix of Word Up by Slade. Oh wow! Yeah, it's not the corn version. Not the corn version. No. no, but it's a it's a remix of uh, of that, and it's both both scenes fucking. Really good. Awesome. Well, while we're here, number 51 is uh, The Greatest Hits uh, by Queen. Mm-hmm. And now we're scrolling again. Uh, back to scrolling. Back to scrolling. The back best of everything, Tom Penny Heartbreakers at number 66. Korea's Clearwater Revival is at number 70. Greatest Hits by Journey is at number 71. Beatles 1 is at number 80 from 98 last week, interestingly enough. You ever listen to um, it's while you're scrolling Jack FM, while you're uh, like, um, what's that one? It's Is that one, here? One two seven. Yeah, it's here. I don't think so. Okay, well, it's it's a station that that their their mantra is we play what we want, and they played uh, they played come together this morning. Well, speaking of come together, um, Abbey Road for the Beatles one hundred two. New album from Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band, The really? Traveler, is at 103. Wow. Did not know he had a new record out. Yeah. Haven't been following him, so yeah. not that big a surprise, actually. I'd see him live again, though. Hell yeah. 
Fleetwood Mac Rumors is at 116. Bob Seeger and the Silver Bullet Band. Greatest Hits 122. Eagles Greatest Hits 124. Yep, 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 yep. Lynn Skinner, the all time greatest hits is 135. Back in Black, 136. Chili Peppers Greatest Hits 145. The Dirt, Motley Crue, 152. Yeah, random story while you're still scrolling. Well, I'm, I'm, I got uh, 158 is a re-entry for Nirvana's Nevermind. You got Mothership Led Zeppelin at 162. The Black Album is at 165. A Decade of Destruction by Five Finger Death Punch is at 167. Almost there, almost there. Okay, so... Bon Jovi... Fucking Rolling Stones. You know hits. when they make when bands do like these greatest hits and they they record new songs or yeah, yeah, yeah. We're done with the top two hundred, by the way. Wow, that's that that's sucked. depressing. Yeah, so now one sixty. So it makes me sad when they focus on the the song I like less. <laughs> you know, because like I have a live album from uh, the Chili Peppers. And they play one of the two songs that they did on the Greatest Hits album. But it's the one I hate. (laughs) I don't don't hate it. It's a good song. But I would have loved them to play the other song. Especially because the ending of it has some vocal interplay by um, Anthony Kiedis and John Frusciante. Uh uh And hearing that live would have been freaking amazing. I think I, I feel the same way about um, the two new songs that were recorded during the S&M show. Mm-hmm. While No Leaf Clover is a, is a fine song, Minus Human was a much better song. Mm. It was far heavier than than uh, No Leaf Clover, and I think it would have probably served a very good... Like I would like to see it live again, just with the band playing it. I think that would probably be a lot of fun. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I haven't heard much about that one being played in general. Yeah, I mean, No Leaf Clover still gets played every once in a while. You know, because it was a huge hit for them. Yeah. Um, but Minus Human was just such a a good song, yeah. I thought. And it's a shame that it didn't get as much recognition as it as No Leaf Clover did. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I feel your pain. Yeah. I feel your pain. Yeah, so... All right, so you ready for the top 25? Top 25. 25, and Justice for None, Five Finger Death Punch. 24, Three Days Grace, X1, or 1X, my bad. 23 is Toxicity, System of a Down. 22 is Razor Against Machine, self-titled. 21, Supplement 4. Number 20, Experience Hendrix, The Hendrix. 19 is All the Right Reasons from Nickelback. Number 18 is Meteora, Lincoln Park. Number 17 is Humanicide by Death Angel. Ooh, wow. Yes. Number 16 is The Greatest Hits, Three Doors Down. Number 15 is The Greatest Hits by Foo Fighters. Number 14 is Ramstein, self-titled. Right. Number 13 is The Story So Far, The Best of Def Leppard. 12 is Aerosmith's Greatest Hits. 11 is Hybrid Theory. Number 10 is Greatest Hits 1, 2, and 3, Platinum Collection, Queen. Number 9, Greatest Hits, Bon Jovi. Number 8, A Decade of Destruction, Five Finger Death, Punch. 7 is The Black Album, 
Six is Led Zeppelin Mothership. Five is The Dirt Soundtrack. Number four is Back in Black. Number three is Greatest Hits by Guns N' Roses. Number two is Greatest Hits by Queen. And number one is Bohemian Rhapsody Soundtrack by Queen. So not too much has changed. No, a lot of these are on the uptick. I was going to say the, uh, the Led Zeppelin Mothership. That's pretty high. Yeah, that's uh, that was... Well, the thing is, all these are up by, like, one from last week. Remember, we last time we did this was two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, where Ramstein, I believe, was number one. Mm-hmm. But all of these albums that we just mentioned are pretty much on the uptick by one. Yeah. By one. Kind of. Which actually makes sense, because all the bands that went up by one are ahead of Ramstein. So. Yeah. Yeah, everyone moved up one when Ramstein went to 14. Gotcha. And that is it for Hard Rock in the Chots. Right on. Yes, sir. So, two things before we close out the show. Um, we haven't done an I Saw show for a while. Oh, shit. And I went to go see a show. Oh shit! Yeah, it's it's been a while. Um, I haven't gone to too many shows lately, um, but I went to go see uh, a little bit of. Um, for those of you in San Antonio, um, Herb at Herb's Hut, he had a birthday party over the weekend uh, at um, Fitzgerald's, and usually he. Uh, has a celebration and has a bunch of bands play in in, in honor of his birthday. Um, and so I, I obviously I couldn't stay for the whole thing because I had worked the next morning at you know three in the morning. Um, so I caught three acts while I was there. Um, one of which was uh, Evil Kim Evil, um, which was a one woman band. No. Very, very, very strange com- compared to the compared to the rest of the choices on the on the on the set list, um, but it's a it's basically noise rock. Um, it it was a lady with a guitar, a bass drum set up, a snare drum set up, and a uh, hi hat. Um, the snare and the bass drum were set up with with pedals, and hi-hat was there to be smacked um and she basically would do poetry it was it was kind of very lou reedish you know very very strange in that regard um when i when i was talking to uh herb about it he said that it was something that andy warhol would be, would have been into mm-hmm, she, you mm-hmm. know she's a little little anachronistic a little a little out of time um but it was interesting to say the least. Um, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, in a, a very short set, unfortunately, twenty, little over twenty minutes. Um, but very, very strange. But I liked it. Uh, cool. I thought it was. I thought it was uh, different. Um, but a strange way to start the show. Um, but then Helgrim came on, and Helgrim um, always good. Um, they're going on tour soon. Um, I love the album, and they 
according to uh, Jerry and Erica, Jerry never stops writing music. So a lot of the stuff that they played was stuff that was new. Oh, uh, that's, so it's not even on their their new their no, CD no, that they just released. No, like I'm pretty sure when when I saw them live last, like their album had just come out and and they had, they were playing newer songs beyond that album uh-huh. at that show. Um, but they always put on a good show. Um, little sound difficulties for for Jerry part of the way through the show, but they fixed it, no problem. Excellent show, cool. And I went outside afterward, and um, Carrie Asher was doing uh, open mic. Carrie Asher is basically, uh, I believe she described it as folk punk. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, it's basically her an acoustic guitar, and she's playing um, acoustic songs, um, most mostly her own stuff, which is very good. Uh, she does some covers. She covers Pearl Jam, J- uh, Jane's Addiction, and whatnot. Um, uh, but usually, when I have a chance to see her um, perform, I, I take that that chance. Um, and so I caught like, you know, seven some odd songs, and then I had to go. Right. So, um, but good time. That was my I saw show. Um, new thing that I want to include in this show. Once, once every every podcast, it's called "Shit I Want." Shit I want. Shit I like I it. Want. I like it. Okay. And I came up with it this morning. <laughs> All right. Okay, I came up with it this morning on the drive home from work. And it's basically, like, it's going to be super groups or songs done by certain artists or something like that. Uh, or songs, you know, just, just shit I want. And here is mine for today. I like this. I got one already. I'm ready to go. Yeah, so so you can you can go right after me. But what I want is a version of Final Countdown by Arion sung by Damian Wilson. Oh, dude, that's like my man crush right there. Are you serious? <laughs> because I'm listening to the song and I'm like this like the vocal style yes! matches what Damien is capable of. Oh my god, yes. And I think that would work phenomenally. And <laughs> with with the the keyboard heavy Arion. Yes. And always covering random stuff like that. I think that that would be a fantastic cover. That is a thing that I want. Oh man. Final countdown Covered by Arion or Star One or something like that, Damian Wilson on vocals. That is the shit that I want. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That that would be amazing. That is incredible. Because, you know, they've they've done the covers they the covers that, that, that Arian has done have always been great. Um we're talking on the slime by Frank Zappa. We're talking Space Oddity and all of his versions, because there's uh, the version sung by Arian himself. There's the version that's sung by um, I, for, I forget his name, but uh, he was on Human Equation. Yep. Um, 
um, Veteran of the Psychic Wars from the Aryan solo album. I love the uh, the Hawkwind medley that Hawk, they do. Hawkwind medley. Um, so any any cover song is always very good um, when done when when put into the hand. Oh, uh, no quarter. Oh, that's right. The version of no quarter that they did. Yeah. Um, so, um, I'm elected, uh, or elected by Alice Cooper with, um, with Tobias Samet, um, always covers by, uh, Arian are always good. So a cover of Final Countdown in his style with Damian Wilson on vocals would be fantastic. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. I'm totally in for that. So what do what do you got? For me, it's not so so specific. Mine's more general. I miss the days of the early '90s, where albums were more than 45 minutes long. You want longer albums? I want longer albums, and I really liked um, my specific example is Tools Anima, where the album itself, like the songs, are great, but then they're also the the interludes between songs. I miss the creativeness that bands used to put in between songs uh, to make it not necessarily to make it longer, but to just kind of expand the aud- the auditory journey of the album itself. Mm. I think albums tend to be a little bit too straightforward at the moment. Like everyone's just kind of churning these things out eight minute eight eight tracks. 35 to 40 minutes long or so on and so forth and they just they just there's no uh continuity i guess maybe between tracks like i i I miss the the interwoven interludes between tracks i miss tracks bleeding into each other you know kind of like the most recent one i can think of that is kind of like that is uh empath by devin townsend uh it's like an hour and a half long, it feels like, because it's like 70-something minutes. The last track is like six tracks long, 23 minutes of interwoven music leading one into the other. Mm-hmm. It's very reminiscent of those those albums. But like, I just miss those long albums from the 1990s that keep your attention. Yeah. You know, I want something like that again. You know? Yeah. Well, um... Arian theory of everything. Yeah, I mean, there's there are examples there are there are examples that these things, but this thing is this was a common thing mm. in the '90s, even into the early 2000s. Like Mudvayne's uh, LD50, not necessarily the longest album, but it was a 17 track album, probably what 13 tracks worth of music and four tracks of, of interlude, you know. And I love albums that are broken up like that. Love them so much. Because uh, it's also very reminiscent of like stuff like Pink Floyd, where like Dark Side of the Moon is one pretty much essentially one continuous piece of music, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, I just love that sort of thing. I love it, and I think it actually adds more creativity and thought into an album instead of just recording the songs that you have and releasing it. Yeah, you know, I I just wish there was a little bit more, so, more things like that. You know, that's I've been pining for that for a while, actually. And I'm glad you did this. <laughs> as long as it's not uh, necessarily doing it as separate tracks, 
uh, I'm not keen on. I am because then, like, if you are in a position where you don't want to listen to the interlude, you can skip it. So it's so it's not as in. My only issue is um, with shuffle on iPods. I can see that. That's my that's my only issue. The thing is, but then you can then you can then you can just simply delete the tracks you don't want. Yeah, but I don't do that. I, I keep, know I keep, that's what you don't do. That's what I don't do. So no, I I feel your pain on that one. I, yeah. I've experienced that on shuffle. The thing is, I'm also considering it as a musical experience from beginning to end because that's how I like to listen to albums too. Beginning to end, continuous piece of music, continuous flow. You know, again. I love I, a lot of the bands I, I listen to really much just like record what they have and put the albums out, which I love. It's fine, but I really miss the days of really long, creative, thought provoking, and just like again auditory journeys from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. You know where you don't want to skip a track. Yeah, you just want to go from the next song, from the first song to the last song. Yeah, you know I miss those. Gotcha. So that's going to become a thing on our show. I like and, it. Uh, that's a good one. That's, that's that's a new segment in general. I think we're going to add. Uh, it's, should I want? Uh, and there's there's one thing that I did not know I wanted, but I totally got. Um, the new cover of Godzilla. Uh, that's done by the guy. I think it was one of the guys who did the soundtrack for the new movie, Godzilla: King of Monsters, mm-hmm. but it features. Uh, performances from Brandon Smalls mm-hmm. of Death Clock, uh, I think Gene Hoglan, and vocals done by Serge Tankin, and it's so fucking good. <laughs> it's so good. Like I said, I did not know I wanted it, but I wanted it so bad. <laughs> I have not heard it yet. So oh, it's. I, I, I will have to. My favorite thing is that it's at the end of this movie, and. I took the kids to see it, and they they liked the movie, but they loved the song. Yeah. So that 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 just makes me a, a proud daddy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think we're gonna close it there because Warrior needs food or sleep or something badly. Possibly both. Probably sleep. I'm Mo- gonna... definitely sleep. Definitely yeah. sleep. Yeah. So uh, until next time, I'm Dan Mack, and this is Chris Mack, and we are. The slime.